0: people listening are like, well, I, a guy was called a rental player and a rental, you know, business goes inside, right. They, they went and did it. As you've kind of considered, you know, what, what the future for you guys in this looks like, what are some of the things that would make you want to, you know, go and sign another athlete?
1: We don't have a huge marketing budget, just like a lot of, our, you know, the people that are going to listen to this podcast are, are going to identify with that. Our strategy is going to be to find people who embody the values, the type of character, the backstory, the blue collar work ethic more than anything, I want to propel the quality student-athletes up and and get them the kind of attention that they, they deserve.
0: Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We've seen over the last couple of years, um, especially over the last couple of years, some really interesting stories of, uh, you know, independence finding unique ways to market their business and talk about themselves and share their stories. Um, You know, as we've all sort of had to adapt how we we talk and communicate and and things like that. And um, always, you know, love the opportunity to share um, some of the outside the box thinking that, you know, we've seen in this channel and and we've got a really cool one coming to us this week from Northwest Arkansas at the team at Castle Rental, Uh, Ennis Barger, uh, one of the managing partners and uh, co-owners and uh, down there at Castle and it was something that sort of you know fell into their lap, um, you know, with the the NIL deals or the name, image, likeness. Uh, if you follow college sports at all, it's where athletes nowadays have the opportunity to go out and um, you know find sponsorships and, and do things to help promote themselves and the businesses that they partner with. And um, you know, as Ennis describes it, a, a situation that fell into their lap with a a college athlete down there, a transfer student, getting called a a rental player of sorts. Uh, something that you know a, a local radio host kind of used to slight the player, but turned, turned it right around and made it a very positive situation for both uh, that player and, uh, you know, Castle Rental and their team. So um, a, a really cool story, one that actually did go viral in their area uh, and, and, you know, other parts of the, the college athletics world and, um, you know, unique opportunity to share, you know, sort of the work that they've done, how they were able to capitalize on it. Um, and how they're looking to, you know, continue to capitalize on, on those types of uh, marketing opportunities moving forward. So, you know, unique to have Ennis on to talk about that, what they've learned from it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, learn more about his business as well. So a uh, story that we want to dive into and, and just get right at the heart of here uh, with Ennis. So let's go ahead. This is Ennis Barger of Castle Rental here on the Independent Thinking Podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back on the Independent Thinking podcast, and uh, you know, I always say I feel like I start every one of these by saying we got an exciting one coming up. But this is a very different type of podcast that we'll get into uh, for for certain reasons here. And the, the, if you're watching the video version, the background on uh, on my left side, I believe it is when we publish this, I'll give you a little hint as to what we're going to be talking about. But uh, before we do that, Ennis Barger, the uh, one of the the owners down there, uh, managing partner at Castle Rental and Pawn. Uh, Northwest Arkansas. Appreciate you taking the time and, and calling in this morning and uh, chatting with us here on this podcast.
1: Oh, I'm absolutely uh, uh, delighted to be here and uh, getting to talk about something that, uh, that, uh, Really have have gotten um, excited about and uh, and and for a lot for a lot of different reasons that we'll, that we'll get to. But yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, not a problem. And and a uh, first time on the podcast, but not first time being interviewed. So nice to reconnect uh, since Nashville when we were down yeah. there doing some video. So how how's everything been since you know Nashville and obviously we had Phoenix not too long ago, but uh, since those, mm-hmm. those prime times.
1: Uh, things have, things have gone well. Um, I, uh, I came in as an ownership interest in at castle in uh, officially January 1st of 21. And so it's been, um, it's been a whirlwind of activity as you can imagine. And, um, and I know this will, I know this will resonate with everybody that's, a, you know, an owner or an operator in, in, uh, in a independent business, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where it seems like the list of things you want to get done grows much faster than the things you're actually getting done. But uh, I think that relates to ex-
0: everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's an exercise in, uh, in, uh, discipline and, and, you know, prioritizing and understanding your limits and finding balance in your life. And, but, uh, no, it's been, it's been fantastic. Life is, life is so much better than, uh, than, uh, than I deserve. I, I will, I will say, <laughs> so life is really good. And, uh, and so, yeah, things have been great, and have been really enjoying the relationship and engagement. My, my, I never really participated within NMG in my prior, um, you know, history with the uh, industry, and uh, it's um, it's been really a, such a pleasant surprise. Um, kind of the the way the chemistry between um, retailers and, and rent to own dealers, you know, specifically, we're, we're obviously the smaller minority of of. The uh, overall, you know, count of the companies as well as our, you know, the volume of, as an industry. But um, in our past, you know, we've had some correlations in other trade groups where retail and rent to own didn't didn't play well together at all. And so I like um, I like the kind of the culture and NMG and the support structures. And I think, you know, the thing that's encouraging to me is even though we're such a small um, segment of the the group. Um, we've got really good leadership at MMG that have, takes an active interest in making sure that the rental industry doesn't kind of just tag along behind, and uh, which is easy to do if you don't take intentional action to do something different than that. So. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been good all around.
0: No, that, that's awesome. And we'll circle back to that. Cause I, I you know, had a couple of things I wanted to ask you, but before we dive too for, you know, much deeper into that, talk about, you know, you mentioned your background and, um, you know, kind of coming into the, the rent zone space, talk, go back a little bit further, give us a little bit of history on who Ennis Barger is and, uh, kinda sure. kinda how you came into the the business and, um, what, what brought well, you where um, you are today.
1: It's funny how it's going to segue in. And <laughs> I didn't really even think about this until you just asked that question, but, um, you know, I was, uh. I was a young man who was in athletics, uh, you know, my whole life basically. And uh, I, uh, being short-sighted, you know, I really only cared about going to college because it was a vehicle to play a sport. And, um, you know, in retrospect, I was very disappointed when uh, an injury kept that from happening. But um, in, um, in truth, knowing, looking back now, I know that uh, I'm, I'm functionally, I'm physically functional at a level today that I probably would not have been just because I have, you know, propensity for, for certain types of injuries and stuff. So anyway, I ended up in, uh, I, I grew up kind of in a small town in Missouri. And, uh, if you weren't going to college, you were either going to work in a factory or you're going to work in a fast food restaurant. And, and so I had ties in Little Rock and moved there. And, uh, kind of wanted to get my bearings about what I was really interested in from a professional standpoint before I dumped, um, thousands of dollars into an education. So I went down to Little Rock and I started working in, um, telephony like te- uh, tech uh, space there doing installations and service on big phone networks and fiber optic stuff um and uh it it became very apparent to me that while i had an aptitude for technology uh, that wasn't really where i was driven and uh i had just so happened to start coaching uh little league baseball with a guy uh, my stepson uh got on his team and and he asked hey is anybody having any experience playing baseball or coaching baseball and uh you know i'm like 19 years old and just kind of raised my hand, <laughs> thinking I'll I'll help with BP or I'll pitch some BP or something. Well, we end up coaching together for a number of years, and and he was a regional manager for a for a rent to own company called Fastway that was out of Little Rock that was kind of gobbled up in the '90s when there was this consolidation of yeah. of, of uh, ownership and rent to own. But uh, he was on me, just practice after practice <laughs> about coming in as an MIT for that company. So I finally decided to give it a run, and uh, so I started out just like really the other two owners at our company uh, very entry-level blue collar. Uh, I ran a route, you know, for four or five months. And um, but I ended up getting a store before I was even legal to buy uh beer at the <laughs> store next door to me. Um, and uh, it kind of went on from there. So I became a regional manager shortly after that. And then uh, a DVP uh, or assistant DVP when uh, with some consolidation that went up and then, uh, and then I realized that um, the larger corporate structure just doesn't doesn't appeal to me because I'm, um, uh, I'm a, you know, I have a high sense of urgency. And so when you have an idea that, that can really make dif- a difference and you have to wait eight or nine months for it to finally trickle up to someone who gets a watered down version of it just wasn't my wheelhouse. So, uh, we opened up, a me and the gentleman that recruited me opened up a company for, uh, the former owner of fast after his non-compete ran out. Mm-hmm. And that was bought by a, a couple of gentlemen, um, uh, that are, that are, you know, Fred Pearson is, is one of the the great members at at MG, him and his partner bought those stores. And I worked for those gentlemen for uh, about 10 years. And then I did a stint um, in an operations capacity in a leadership operations capacity at Castle for about three years. And then, um, and then life took an an even bigger turn. And I took a risk and and went to work for uh, uh, ideal software, which provides uh, a point of sale software for rent to own. And I uh, did that for uh, about five years, and um, that went really well. They took over the majority market share in the in the industry during that five five years, and they're they're continuing to do great. I'm still their, I'm still their client. Um, but the opportunity came um, knocking that there was an option to to gain an ownership interest in a rent to own company, which is was always something that I'd I'd wanted to do. Um, but the issues were at this point the footprint of independent rent to own had really shrunk. And, um, and so the opportunities mostly were all out of state and I, and I just couldn't reconcile, um, you know, traveling to, to do all that. So when this opportunity right in my backyard, literally 12 minutes to my office opened up, it was, um, it was one of those things that you don't, you don't pass up on. And so, uh, 27 years in the industry from, from delivering to, I was a CFO or a controller. I've done kind of a lot of things that I probably had no business, um, doing in the beginning, but thankfully, uh, people took a chance on me and, um, uh, and I owe a lot to Fred Pearson and Garen Vale and, and, uh, Castle for my, for my time there before. And, and all the other folks that I've had a chance that the honor of kind of getting mentored by, uh, by really good, uh, good guys in, in operations and finance and marketing and human resources. And so, um, uh, you know, I've landed here and, the f- and, uh, you
0: know, the, the, hoping the fu- it works out. The funny thing is you kind of, um, the way you're talking about it, how you've had so many different, you know, experience in so many different parts of the industry, it almost that you hear so many stories in the independent space of, especially multi-generation uh, businesses mm-hmm. where, like, uh, you know, uh, an upcoming son or daughter has, they get kind of thrown into everything to learn the business. You did that, but without sort of, you know, you, you're not second generation, you, but you you have all that experience of previous generations kind of, you know, giving right. you the opportunity to to learn about different parts of the business, and now you're able to apply it in, in everything that you're doing, which is really cool.
1: Well, yeah, and I, and I would if I would say this, and this is something I remind myself about every day, um, and it re- it's really way more appropriate um, now because. Um, you know, we're used to, uh, everybody understands the concepts of supply and demand and for a long time in our industry, um, the supply of, of people that want to, want to come in and go to work was, I mean, if you, if you made a change today, you could hire three people tomorrow for that position. <laughs> That's clearly not, not the case anymore. And so when things become scarce, they become much more valuable. And when you, when things are more scarce and valuable then what you tend to do is, um rehab refurbish develop and and so i think in some ways the difficulty that we're experiencing um as a, as as a as a whole with 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 being able to hire and train and retain workers um while it's painful i think it's a much needed correction because we had, we've had a disposable mentality just like we do with cell phones and cars and everything else we've had a disposable mentality with people and if they didn't fit this kind of preconceived box that we had for a position, they didn't, they didn't get it. Right. And so many times we hired for the position and we hired the wrong personalities or the wrong mentalities. Um, So what it's forced us to do now is be a lot more creative with leveraging the talents of the people that you do have and, and, and getting rid of that paradigm where I have to be very structured and this position does this. And what we've really been delighted by is that people, um, People never tend to fail to surprise you. Sometimes that's in a negative way, but sometimes that's really in the best ways. And so I would encourage people, if you have employees that are passionate about doing something, give them a way to, to, to feed that passion. It may not be all of their job, uh, but I was so blessed to have people who took a chance on me because, um, you know, I think, I think my biggest quality all along that's carried me through is just a fearlessness about failure. And I don't like failure any more than anybody else. Um, but just being, if, if a problem, if someone said in a meeting, you know, I just can't get this done. I was just like, I'll take it, you know? Um, and part of that was being young wanting to prove yourself. But, uh, the good, the good news is it ended up being, um, a tremendous blessing and I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm in today, uh, or want to be in the spot, frankly, that I'm in today without having the, the kind of foundation that got built, um, Really, with with someone else's money at risk, and uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm very thankful for that. But I would encourage people to to really look at ways to leverage people's strengths rather than than to try to force them to grow into an area that maybe they're not suited for.
0: Yeah, no, I I love how you kind of turn the the challenge of that around, um, and and sort of you know, look at it as, as a way, it's also an opportunity, right? So that you yeah. to find these types of the, the, the diamonds in the roughs that uh, maybe yeah. you would have passed up on when, you know, you had kind of that oversaturated market of uh, uh, people looking for work. But, um, you know, that, what kind of brings up the question, what other challenge, you know, thinking about just the difference between rental and, and regular retail, are you guys face, is it very similar challenges, you know, to the the retail community out there as far as you mentioned, obviously the, the talent and finding people, but you know, mm-hmm. supply and, and other things as well.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and we, we happen to be a little bit tightly. I think we're a little tighter squeezed here than maybe in some, in some areas because um, Northwest Arkansas, a lot of people probably, you know, don't know much about Northwest Arkansas. They kind of assume Northwest Arkansas is like all of Arkansas and they kind of lump <laughs> it in this flyover state. But Northwest Arkansas is home to Walmart, Sam's Club, Tyson, J.B. Hunt and other big industries that support them. And um, and we're, we're actually scheduled to double in population growth from about a half a million to a million in the next 10 years. So you've got, you've got what's going on holistically with the workforce. And then you've got a very concentrated area where people are trying to move in but um, cost of living is rising. And, and so now wages get driven up and just, you know, it, it's, it's a lot more expensive today than it was uh, even two or three years ago to hire uh, even, you know, kind of your entry-level uh, wage, wage pool. So we are, we are seeing definitely seeing the, the, the tightening there. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's – rent-to-own operations tend to run – pretty lean. I mean, most rent-to-own stores have five to maybe seven, eight employees. So um, that's a little different than a, than a white staff of, of 60 people, where if somebody calls in, you've probably got someone you can get to, to come in. And so rent-to-own is, um, is a, you know, our margin for error when you have shorthandedness is it's, it's, it's brutal because uh, we do so many things out of that one, that one spot. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely uh struggling with that and trying to find creative ways to, you know, bring in the the right people. Um, and it's, and, and honestly, if you, if you truly think about business these days, you may very well be marketing harder to get people than you are necessarily sometimes to get people to come through the door and buy. And, uh, and I don't think I've ever known of a time in, 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 in my history that that was the case. Uh Um, so, but you know, hopefully the, the hard, you know, we all, we tend to only grow when there's difficulty. So hopefully even if the job market gets better, we're better employers as a result of that. And, and so I think it's, you know, in some ways difficulty is healthy because it, it, it kind of forces us to adapt and grow.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, out of the um, kind of, you talk about the difference between, you know, how many, just the number of staff that uh, one location might have, as opposed to a traditional retail with for the retailers listening um, you know, how, what is it, oper- what, you know, you walk into uh, a castle rental, what, mm-hmm. what do you see and how different is it from a, a traditional retail experience?
1: So, I mean, the, the first and most obvious, uh, difference would be there's going to be pre-leased pre-owned product on the floor. So that's, that's probably the biggest marker in, in, in difference. Um, you know, generally the showrooms are going to be, uh, a, a bit smaller and, uh, and, and that's actually kind of played in our favor with the, the shift some more drop ship, you know, being able to get a uh, short amount of goods without having to take truck loads and those kinds of things. So, um, we've stayed lean in that way. Our footprints are generally a good bit smaller than most, uh, most traditional, uh, furniture appliance electronics retailers. Um, and then, you know, our stores are kind of really unique in the fact that five of our six rent down stores also have full service pawn shops in them. So you kind of have this Mason Dixon line in the store, um, between the two, but the challenge is, um, Is is how do you how you put forward the very best image that you can while on average having a mix of about sixty percent new and forty percent uh pre-leased. And and so a lot of our attention is where do things get placed and how are they refurbished and how are they presented and sold and and all that. But that's 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 probably primarily the difference. Um, you know, many times the the areas of town that rent to own has traditionally been in as as has been a uh you know, maybe not uh, the, the, the more high end areas of town, but you're fine. I'm finding that most rent own companies are moving really somewhere to the in-between. Um, and because, I mean, we're not a cash business as much anymore. I mean, a very small percentage of our business is cash business. So now with technology, like with our point of sale software, our customers can pay online, pay by text, pay over the phone, recurring payments through ACH. So we're seeing less of that, um, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly foot traffic than we have in the past, which allows you to distance yourself a little bit and get in the middle uh, because your customers aren't driving to your store every week to make a payment. So, um, but uh, I think that's, that's probably, probably most of the difference.
0: Where, you know, we kind of talked about uh, the challenges that you're facing a little bit. What, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are working for you right now? The successes, um, you know, where we stand right now with the way the industry is?
1: Sure. Well, um, you know, one of the things that, you um, and this is really, you know, basic stuff, that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. But one of the things that we did was made a real um, strong initiative to solicit reviews. And, um, and so in, uh, over the last two years, we've been able to, um, and and we don't do anything, like we don't pay for reviews, there's no discounts for reviews, we just solicit them. And, um, and so we've driven our our reputation ratings on both Google and Facebook up into the, you know, 4.7 to 4.9 range. And, and in two industries that you're going to get a fair amount of unfair criticism just because, you know, something went wrong with someone's payment. And, you know, we we could have helped them out six times over eight months because of all the various times that different people, like this is an example, get COVID. Um, And then you finally have to pick them up after, after extending so much grace and help. And then all of a sudden they post a review and like, you know, I paid great for six months and first payment I missed because of COVID, they picked up my stuff. And then you can't defend yourself. So, uh, so we know we're fighting an uphill battle um, as it comes to reviews. But I think one of the things that set us up really well for something we're gonna talk about later is the fact that um, we've garnered uh, a fair representation of the kind of, of customer interaction that we, that we have. And so that's, a, that's been a success. Um, I think we've gotten uh, a lot better at uh, a lot better at strategically uh, managing our inventory. So when again, one of those things where when things are easy to get, you become sloppy. You know, you're not as refined in your approach. Um, through COVID, it taught us. You know, if you've got uh, only certain things available to buy you know, we need to, we need to merchandise. And so we've gotten more strategic in what we buy our inventory flow or re- receiving process, how we, uh, how we move inventory around the company to try to make, keep, keep showrooms from getting stagnant with uh, aged inventory and uh, those kinds of things. And then I think thirdly, um, I think the, the thing I'm most proud of is, uh, is the culture we've built as a, as a company. And it was really good to begin with, but we've, we've taken it and kind of, Shifted it a little further to where uh, we have a value system in the way that we manage people, the communications, honesty, authenticity, integrity, um, and, uh, and 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 having um, basically valuing human human capital, human interaction, and valuing our people, and and being much more in tune with what's going on in their personal life. Not being nosy, but just um, the whole, the old days of leaving it at the door. That that never. That's never worked. You're not disconnected from your life the minute you walk across the the threshold at work. So um, I I think those things and we we retained employees a lot better than a lot of companies did through that period of time. And I think that's been, uh, you know, that's an that's an um, unforeseeable benefit of that. Uh, but those are the things I'm probably the most uh proud of over the over the last two years. No,
0: that that's awesome and a lot of great things too. Um and things that, you know, could have been struggles that you you've kind of turned around and made into successes. Uh-huh. And um I'd argue to say there's a fourth and it kinda is the segue into, you know, what 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 got yeah. you here. Um and that's marketing. Yeah. You guys have done pretty well with uh, you know, being able to 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 market and talk about yourselves and in some unique and uh different ways. And I don't wanna steal the thunder, so I'm gonna let you tell the story of how Um, Well, first of all, I guess we should give a little bit of background on what NIL is for those that don't know. So it's the name, image and likeness policy or, or, um, you know, initiative that the NCAA college sports, um, you know, their governing body put into effect just a year ago. So I think this is just, you know, it's just entering its second year um, where it basically gave college athletes who, uh, you know, you, you think about years past where, um, boosters would get them in trouble and money, you know, money was flowing and just wasn't really out in the open and kind of created a whole, uh, unbalanced and unfair looking system. But now they've gone ahead and made it something where athletes can go out and get sponsorships, use their name to, to their benefit and build their own personal brand. And, uh, you know, led us to uh, some really unique uh, ways of, of them going about doing that. And one of them, you know, walked, well, I should say landed really right in your lap uh, down there it, at Castle Rental. So
1: It, it did. And, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I would, um, uh, you know, I'd love more than anything to take uh, take credit for, for the, the thing, you know, soup to nuts from the beginning to the end. But that's just that's just not the case. And we, um, I've told a number of people, you know, we just happened to... Um, we just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, all we had to do was not screw it up. And, <laughs> and, and so we, we pulled that off, but I'll give you a little, a little backstory. Um, so we're in, uh, you know, we're in Northwest Arkansas, as everybody knows, and that's, um, you know, Arkansas is a unique state from the perspective of there's no city big enough really population wise to, to support a true pro, you know, level one protein. We have a couple minor league teams and, and things like that. But, um, so, and we also have kind of one flagship university. Now there's another university on the other side of the state and, and, a, and a bunch of great smaller universities that do well in their respective divisions and conferences, but it's really Arkansas, university of Arkansas or bust in, in, uh, in the, in, in the state. Um, and uh, I'm an, I'm an avid sports fan. Uh, I've, I played uh, a lot of sports growing up and, and, uh, and even, you know, on into a, my adult life uh, and being just 25 minutes away from the campus and, and all three of my kids um, at some level in their education have, have attended the U of A. So we have very close ties, season ticket holders to everything. And and so um, so anyway, there was a, uh, a little bit of backstory. So Arkansas has had a, uh, they're making their ninth trip to the College World Series in the last 20 years. It's incredibly difficult to get there, and we are spoiled at Arkansas because we've had a great coach and uh, a bunch of top five recruiting classes, and expectations were high going into the season. We had some guys come back that were that were drafted. Things were good through, through most of the season, and, and then as baseball tends to happen, you go through a little bit of a, a slump. And uh, And there's no magic formula for getting out of a slump. that either happens or it doesn't. And so there's a young man who, uh, who played four years at Kent State as a catcher, uh, he was eligible for a grad transfer with one year left of eligibility, and uh, he chose to come to Arkansas. And he had huge, huge uh, shoes to fill because Casey Opitz, who was a, I believe, a three-year starter, was drafted fairly high with the Cubs and is in their minor league program. So I watched Michael Turner play all year long and uh, fell in love with the guy. Not only did he does he play a, fa- a fantastic defensive catcher and a and a pitch calling uh, catcher, the dude uh, the dude hit for I think the second best average on the team, which. with catchers is unheard of. So, Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I was, I was a fan of the young man to begin with um, in a post uh, post uh, game conference, there was some questions being asked. Michael was one of the young men that were up on the dais talking and uh, you know, someone asked like, you know, what's it been like playing for Arkansas And, and he, you know, he's very complimentary because he's like, this is like playing in the major leagues compared to playing in most other college baseball. You know, we set the attendance record, Again this year for regular season attendance. So and so he said, but there are also some fans out there that kind of make it hard to play here. And he said, you know, we try to tune it out, but they're vicious on social media. He goes, we're I'm 22, 23 years old. I I'm on social media, and even if I'm not looking for it, people are drawing your attention to it, tagging you in it. And he said, so you try to filter out the, all the noise, but it's 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 not easy to do at our age, and sometimes it's sometimes it's hurtful. And uh, I had zero issues with the, what the guy said. Uh, I I. Personally, sometimes it's hard to be an Arkansas fan because of other Arkansas yeah. fans. Um, and so uh, and so anyway, uh, I didn't think anything of it, but a radio host, he took umbrage with it and let loose a, uh, he, he basically said he was kind of a, a loser and a jackass and uh, kind of a clown and he had no business. He's not even a real Razorback. He's a rental player. So.
0: <laughs> right. <you> know, <laughs> Key now, word there. Now, I, like I said, yeah,
1: I uh, I am I'm ashamed that I didn't think of it the moment that I heard it because I mean be within an hour I knew what had been said. Um, <laughs> several several days later, Arkansas makes it into the to the regional over in Stillwater. First game of the series, Michael Turner is I think three for three, uh, probably three or four RBIs, a home run. He had thrown out two runners second by the time we were in the, like, the fifth or <laughs> sixth inning. So uh, a radio personality here, who's not a sports guy, sports talk radio guy, he has a regular, regular uh, radio show. So he tweets out if Avis or Castle Rental don't do an NIL deal with Michael Turner, what are we even doing in this world? And I saw the tweet pop up on my feed, like, because I'm watching the game and, and I saw this tweet pop up on my feed and, uh, and I was like, you know, so I immediately respond and I was like, as an owner of Castle, a uh, former catcher and an, a rabid Razorback fan. I am. I don't know how I missed this, but we're going to do something. <laughs> and I'm making some phone calls today. So um, that was really the catalyst that got it started. Um, so here's where I will take a little bit of credit. Um, my high sense of urgency and impatience paid off. <laughs> and so I immediately tweeted uh, at, at, my, at Michael Turner uh, and said, Hey, um, you know, we don't think rental's a dirty word. You're our favorite rental player of all time. Let's talk about an NIL deal. Um, now it took two people to have a high sense of urgency. So five <laughs> minutes after the third out, you know, he's taken his catcher's equipment off and evidently checks his phone, sees my tweet, DMs me, says, dude, love the idea. Let's talk. And so I shot him my phone number. He's texted me back immediately. And so over that weekend, um, he, gave, he supplied me with the, uh, the young lady at the, at the University of Arkansas that's kind of the NIL, NIL liaison, who's a former gymnast at the U of A and has worked in, in that department. Um, he said, you know, she's our girl and uh, she's going to be able to kind of help us navigate this. Um, needless to say, they, uh, they ended up winning. And, uh, and so they traveled back Tuesday night in the middle of the night. They got back into Fayetteville at 3.30 in the morning. And I woke up Tuesday morning to a text from Michael at 4.45 a.m. that said, I'm back in town. Let's talk today. Wow. So we talked on uh, two o'clock on Tuesday, ironed out a, uh, ironed out a deal. And, and it was really the blind leading the blind. It was like I said, Michael, I don't even know what to offer you. And he goes, I don't even know what to ask for. And so we just kind of talked about what his needs were, because you can do cash compensation. Uh, right. You can do trade. You can do, get, you know, you can do like, a you know, give them something or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's in a unique position because he's, gonna, he's gonna be going to be going into the draft and he's going to go into the minor leagues and travel. And so yeah. he may need things for his home or whatever. But we had a very short period of time because we had the very next day was the only day to get anything done before they were heading to Chapel Hill for the yeah. North Carolina Super Regional. So um, uh, we ironed out a very basic agreement. Uh, and that's really the interesting thing. You don't have to get lawyers involved. Um, it's really just a a very simple one, one sheeter that you, you know, that kind of lays out what's uh, you know, what's being exchanged for what. And, uh, and then I sent that to uh, Sydney at, at the U of a and uh, she, she knew the timeliness of, you know, what we were trying to do with the window. And of course she loved the idea from the get go because you know, everybody there was very upset by the way he was treated (laughs) and all that. So uh, so anyway, she approved the thing at like eight o'clock, um Tuesday night from her house. And uh and then Wednesday morning I took our Castle Gear down to him, met with him at the Brazerback practice facility. Uh we signed the contract, we signed the handed him the check and then talked about our first engagement. Um and then he had practice therapy, all that stuff. And then that afternoon he posts his his first post. And you know I I did expect to get some some traction with it because it was it was a hot story. Yeah. Um I had I had no idea,
0: <laughs> no I mean, no idea that it could possibly go viral the way it did.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so this young man who um, who was really only known to people maybe in Ohio and Arkansas um, suddenly trended on Twitter for like an hour and a half that evening, and yeah. uh, national sports writers picked it up. We were on sports. I got calls from different people around the country in Dallas, where sports talk people were uh, were talking about it that morning on the drive, and um, you know, and it's. But uh, but I'll say this, um, it was an extraordinary chain of events that led to something this perfect, you know. And yeah. and 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 the person that I really need to give the most credit to is Michael Turner because if if he wasn't the guy that he is, um, this could have just really fallen flat. But um, it was a great idea by John Williams, and it's a great young man, and then kind of a. A weird chain of events that started out as a negative but um but really turned into and i don't know if anybody would would go back and go well you know if we'd had it all to do over again we would do it this way again but honestly i think it's ended up resulting in michael turner getting uh, elevated finally to a level of what his character and play deserves and so um, about 10 o'clock tuesday night when this thing was just exploding I shot a text to Michael and I said, you know, I I know this is going to help our business. And if we get one or two new customers out of it, even I'll be, I'll be ecstatic, (laughs) but it was worth every second of effort and every dollar we spent to get a chance to see this kid get the kind of love he deserved since the day he walked on the campus.
0: Oh, it's such a, such an incredible story. And again, it actually kind of goes back to earlier, you know, us, us talking and, and you guys turning the, um, you know, the situation of what, it, you know, employment is like right now in the, in the talent pool, uh, something that could have been a challenge and turning it into something that's a really awesome success story. And, um, just to see it, uh, you know, the way you, you talk about it and, um, you know, it, and it, it's only what, it's been barely a week, uh, maybe a, a week. It was, like it was a week ago, or, it know. was a week ago, Tuesday.
1: Yeah. yeah so, so, I, so it's
0: just crazy to see how, you know, in such a short period of time, it's been able to, to benefit both to, to your point, both you and, and Michael. And, um, you know, what, I, you know, without getting into like what the, the asks are and things like that, what are some of the things that you kind of expect to, to come, you know, down the road from this because of, you know, being able to, to, um, you know, capitalize, not just capitalize on the story, but to, to get involved with like the NIL and, and kind of what, you know, that, sure. that's bringing to the table.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh... For, for not having given it a, a ton of strategic thought in the past, you know, this last week, it's, it's been uh, on my mind a lot. And I've had a lot of people call me to talk about this, you know, other small business owners and stuff that are not in related industries, even that just happened to, you know, uh, DM me on Twitter and ask if I could, they could take 10 minutes of my time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally going to, you're going to be um, open to, to to try to help anybody, but but I'm specifically passionate about this because of what I believe uh, is is really just such a sleeping giant from from a from a standpoint of of uh, building your brand and also taking care of taking care of kids that I th- I really think embody what got them to where they're at is exactly what it takes to be successful in business. It's it's getting up. And embracing the grind—it's that blue-collar work ethic. It's teamwork. Um, it's battling through adversity. And I'm thinking the, the parallels between college athletes and independent business owners—they're too many to, to be, you know, coincidental. And so it, it got me thinking a lot about. How could we continue to, to 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 do something in this in this arena? And now this is a once in a lifetime kind mm-hmm. of deal for us. My, there's not going to be another scenario that's going to line up. The stars aren't going to get an in, in alignment for this kind of deal again. Right. But that should not be the only reason you would ever do this. You know?
0: Yeah, and that, and that was going to be kind of my follow up. And, and you know, people listening are like, "Well, I, I, a guy was called a yeah, rental saw player, saw and a yeah, rental you could, know business goes inside, yeah. right? They they went and did it, but." But to those other business owners, you know, what when would it make sense? Or like, as you've kind of considered, you know, what what the sure. future for you guys in this looks like? What are some of the things that you're considering um, that would make you want to, you know, go and sign another athlete somewhere?
1: We're already looking at next year. Um, so we knew the engagement with Michael was going to be fairly short because he's only going to be in the area for maybe maybe another thirty days. Um, and he's going to be off pursuing, uh, you know, his next level and we're going to support him in that. And, uh, but the thing I love about it is it really allows you to get creative. And so I said, you know, I really want to find a way to parlay this into, into, you know, the future. And so, uh, it dawned on me there, there are transfer athletes that come into our, or our university in every sport, every year I, we, we, what we've, what we've decided to do Uh, is we're going to attempt to sign an NIL deal with every with a with a transfer player in every major women's and men's sport and at at the university next year. Um, And um, but, you know, we're six stores and and we don't have uh, we don't have a huge marketing budget, just like a lot of, you know, the people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to identify with that. Um, we certainly didn't have anything scheduled for NIL, uh, in, in June, but we, uh, we, we, made it happen. And, right. <laughs> and so, but we're going to designate a, uh, a castle rental player of the year in each sport going forward. Um, uh, but in talking with the university about who we're, who we're looking to sign up with, um, Michael was an anomaly because he's a guy who did excellent uh, on the field and he has great character. But we're not we're not necessarily looking for those top four or five players on the team. Um, they're going to get they're going to get fed and they're going to get fed well by by big companies that can afford the big budget NIL deals. Um, our strategy is going to be to find people who embody the values, the type of character, the backstory, the blue collar work ethic coming from you know uh, they weren't at some prep school getting recruited and to play high school uh, ball. Um, and so what we're going to do is instead of using it as a platform to try to just push castle, what we're really going to try to do is use it as a, as a platform to, to get, let people get to know that athlete. And then if we find the ways that that athlete's experience and their history and the way they play or something keys into something in our business, then we'll talk about that angle. But, um, more than anything, I, I, I want, I want to propel the quality student athletes up and, and get them the kind of attention that they they deserve. And hopefully it parlays again into more NIL deals for them and others. Um, And so one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was obviously it's a cool story and I love, I love to tell it, but the biggest thing I wanted to do was um, is hopefully break down some of the apprehension or the lack of, of understanding about how this all works because I was scared of it. Uh, but this was an opportunity that I yeah. was willing to just jump in with both feet. And it turned out I was pleasantly surprised. It's so much easier than we we would have probably first given it credit for. Um, so, um, so I wanted to, you know, hopefully have a little bit of time in this platform to really talk about what I think, um, you know, is a, a great opportunity for independent business owners because we're not, you, you guys are in the same position. We're, we're not going to outspend our competition. I can't outspend, rack errands, you know, buddies and, and those guys. Um, but they're also not tied to the fabric of the community the way that we are. And so um, right. they're not going to be going and signing NIL deals with, with local athletes. At, I mean, and listen, I'm not saying this has to be a, a tier one division program, JUCO, you know, division three in a NAIA um, you know, those people are a part of your community that, that, that organization is part of the fabric of your community. And so, um, what better way to get to tell their story and your story at the same time, and you're doing something for yeah. these kids who um, are more than likely humble, um, you know, just hardworking kids. You know,
0: they, they've just, yeah, they've they've got the same sort of that that tier. You know how how you're kind of describing it that same mentality as, as an independent retailer. They they've grinded you know throughout their their upbringing to get to where they are and, and, you know, blood, yes. literal blood, sweat and tears into what they do to, to be able to be successful. And, and it, it meshes so well. And, um, it, it shows that, you know, beyond, you know, j- the mention of a, a rental player that, that there are ways that this can tie into, um, you know, what it would what, what an independent business is and how they operate and, um, you know, be able to find those kind of unique outside the box marketing opportunities yeah. to, to elevate not only, uh, you know, your, your own business, but, uh, the the player and, and athlete that you're working with as well. So uh, incredible story. And I, I think just really cool to see kind of how you guys have had success with it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the goodwill that comes from it is uh, it, it, you know, it's, you can't lose with it. I mean, we've had people from all over the state or out of state that, that asked us to email them a list of our locations. Cause when they come here, they're going to go and they're going to buy something from one of our, our stores just because we supported this athlete that, that, is really in their home <laughs> yep. three to five times a week there's a purity of heart they love the game they've dedicated their life to it uh, and how do, how can you not benefit from supporting yeah. um, kids like that you know so yeah uh, it's a win-win absolutely all around, in and, my and, and
0: again just cool to see how you're um, you know I, taking advantage of a, a really unique and awesome situation but you know looking ahead to how you'll be able to uh, kind of use it moving forward as well. So it's not that one off kind of flash in the pan type thing. So Yeah. Um awesome to see and and really happy to to be a platform where you can share that kind of story because there hey, there are so many other independent businesses out there that could um you know, find that angle and and be able to to do something similar and and you know, have the success that I think you guys are having and um, awesome to see, but no, we appreciate you sharing, sharing the story and uh, getting it out there. This was yeah. a lot of fun to, to learn about. I think educational for me too, because I, you know, you hear about it and read about it in the news, but to actually, you know, talk to someone that's been able to go through the process and um, share what it's like and, and all that, all the, those kinds of details. And I'm sure it'll change over the course of the, the years as the NCAA reviews and looks at it and refines it, but yeah. Hey, for, for now it is what it is. And uh, yeah, get in while it's the
1: wild, wild <laughs> west. <you know? laughs>
0: exactly. But no, and so. Ennis, I appreciate you taking the time, this has been a, a lot of fun Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll catch up down the road and uh, yeah. you know, see how, you know, follow, follow the Michael Turner story. It's one that'll certainly continue for sure. Yeah,
1: please. Everybody follow MB M- Turner um, uh, is on Twitter and just, a just a great young man. Uh, you won't, You won't miss, uh, you won't, you won't be worse off for, for, for uh, (laughs) following his content and, and yeah, thank you for providing a a spot to talk about it. I I really do hope that, uh, that we, we begin having a nationwide uh, investment in in, in these NIL deals with these, with these college uh, student-athletes.
0: No, it's awesome. Mo. uh look forward to seeing you, you know, prime time just a few weeks away. Maybe we'll we'll catch you there in Orlando. Hope to be.
1: Yeah. Hope good. to be. I may have it may have to be a quick one, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well well thanks again. And uh you know, we look forward to catching up again soon.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thanks.
0: Awesome. And thanks again to NS for sharing just a really cool story of, uh, you know, how they were able to take a situation where um, the player gets kind of blasted in the media, if you will, and turn it around and make it something where they were able to, you know, do something that benefits not only the athlete, but their business as well. So um, really cool opportunity for them. And, uh, you know, you would be unique to see if other independents can find ways to, you know, turn, maybe not exactly similar situations, but find ways that they can partner up with some of those athletes and, and do some of these things for their own businesses. So uh, appreciate Anna sharing his story and the Castle Rental team. And as always, we appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.